Hi, this is Margaret Copeland Frankowitz. This is like my fourth time trying to do a podcast. Um, for some reason, the first one just cut out. And then the second one cut out. So now I'm on the fourth one. Hopefully this one doesn't cut out. I'm going to try it again. Um, today I wanted to go over opportunity in West Virginia. Now there's a lot of disservice in West Virginia to you, so keep that in mind. But if you're looking to move here in the United States and you're looking to move to a great state or potentially make it great, I would say choose West Virginia. If you like the trees and you like skiing and uh, you like people, this might be the state for you. The reason why I say this is because it's not congested like the city is, for one. Um, I'm actually originally from Phoenix, so I know what crowded is. 10 million people is a very crowded people. So, I mean, it doesn't matter if you try to hide in Sun City, Surprise, Chandler, even the outskirts of Apache Junction. There's still a lot of people in the area. I mean, it'll take you literally, you know, an hour just to go from one side of Phoenix to the, the other. And, of course, you know, it's a different city, but it's still considered the Phoenix area. So I'm from a little town of a lot of people. And especially, the reason why I'm mentioning this is because of what the World Economic Forum is actually creating. Now you're probably thinking, what does that have to do with anything? Well, let me tell you something. If you live in a huge city where it takes you like an hour to travel from one side to the other, I have found some disturbing news that's going to make you want to rethink things because um, in certain cities in, in the UK, and they haven't done this in America yet, but I kind of wonder if they've just implemented it and are just not telling people. Um, and I'll get to that in a minute. But there are cities where they're limiting people's travel time in their, ca- in their own personal cars. Like they can only drive on certain days of the week. I mean, doesn't this sound as dumb or as insane as in Arizona where you can only water on certain days of the week? There's some incredibly crazy things going on. Why are we listening to these people? We should be banning these people for life. It's kind of like a homeowner's association or something that sucks. Nobody needs that kind of negativity in their lives. So, um, anyways, what's nice about West Virginia is it is, um, it's like one great big old huge forest is what, what I, how I can actually describe it. It's like a huge forest. And that's what's really nice about it is because you have trees everywhere. So if you are the kind of person that likes going up into the trees, you might like this. Now in the wintertime, they look a little bit sketchy, but the spring, summertime, fall, these trees are gorgeous. Um, There's some wonderful opportunities here in West Virginia, and I wanted to wait until I actually saw the jobs before I actually started talking about West Virginia. And just due to some circumstances, I've had a lot of issues with, I wouldn't say all organizations, because there's good organizations out there, and then there's really corrupt organizations out there. There's good churches, and there's corrupt churches. One is I would not ever, ever attend another LDS service for as long as I live, because I think that they're pretty corrupt. Um, when I asked them for help, they said some negative things to me that were not true. And they had prejudged me before I ever walked into the bishop's office. 
So they're pretty evil people because they don't even know me. How can somebody talk about you if they don't even know you? I mean, it's just... Okay, so they have stupid people here, okay? Um, I'm not saying every LDS member is a bad person. I'm just saying the LDS bishop I talked to was. Um, however, I've also met people, good people, like at the Catholic Church. And the Catholic Church, they'll help anybody out. Um, people who are in need. And there are times... I have been in need. I think there, there are times when everybody's in need. Maybe you have a friend or family member you can rely on. Or maybe you don't. Maybe you're so self-sufficient and independent. You don't need help from anybody. And congratulations. I'm glad you're at that point. But also don't judge me because I'm not at the point that you're at. So, <clears throat> that being said, being an abandoned spouse is not fun. But anyway, so I've reached out to the DHHR a year and a half ago. And this has been ongoing. And I, I just finally had to, you know, wash my hands of it. It isn't worth it, but I'll tell you what happened. So the DHHR is the Department of Health and Human Resources here in West Virginia. Now, mind you, they are hiring for a plethora of opportunities. And you can go to... Like, if you want to find a job here and actually have a good life, you can actually have one. But you can go to dhhr.jobs. at, sorry, at westwv.gov. So, again, that's dhhrjobs at wv.gov. And so they're hiring for a plethora of different job opportunities here. Um, there are certain uh, occupations that are actually giving sign-on bonuses, $2,500 sign-on bonuses for CPS workers, social service workers, $5,000 sign-on bo bonus for CPS workers um, and trainees, social service worker three for youth services in uh, Berkeley, Jefferson, and Morgan counties. And I, I mean, they're hiring for literally every county here in West Virginia. So there's a plethora of opportunity and housing is inexpensive here, people, right now. It's a perfect opportunity, like, if you're looking out there and, you know, especially if you're paying, like, I don't know, there's some crazy people paying, like, $3,000 a month for a one-bedroom apartment like you would in Scottsdale, Arizona. Get out of that. You don't need that kind of negativity in your life. Like, seriously, you, you're in love with Chipotle? Guess what? You can come here and there's a Chipotle. I'm, I'm not even joking. Like, they do have life outside of Phoenix, Okay. So anyways, um, and they do have a life that you can actually build. Yes, homeownership may be a dream in the sky, but yes, you can do it without selling drugs, believe it or not. Okay, with that being said, I've had a whole host of problems with DHHR. So that's why I'm hoping that some very honest people decide to take over West Virginia. So like the more people that can move here, and infiltrate this program. Good people, bad people, please don't apply to stay where you're at. Okay, but the good people come here who actually seriously mean to do well, please come to West Virginia and please f help fix this mess. Because unless you're a good person and can help the good people out here, there's not going to be hope for the for the for the many thousands of people who are suffering because they can't get simple things such as food stamps. And you know that food is your best medicine. They need access to good foods, not to the carbs that they're serving 
near the homeless shelter. And right now, basically what it is, okay, so the food stamp office will deny you. I know they denied me access to fresh fruits and vegetables and meats four times. Uh, the fourth time I gave up, I finally went to my case manager. I had a case manager at Harmony House go there to try to appease the gods of the food stamp office to allow me to have access to foods that were going to keep my my uh, blood sugar levels down because as diabetic we need to do that otherwise blood sugars destroy our bodies okay um, unfortunately they weren't able to talk any sense into these DHHR people either and gave up so then I had the LDS bishop like when I actually asked for assistance of some sort when after I lost my job I was in the middle of a crisis he's like basically just go to DHHR and at first I was thinking what is DHHR because I didn't know but it is the Department of Health and Human Resources well I just call it by its name I don't call it by its initials because they don't even call themselves by their initials so why would I call them by their initials I didn't know and then when I realized he was sending me back to the food stamp office that had rejected me four times I'm like looking at the guy, I'm like, I don't need to do that a fifth time. I don't need to waste my time knowing when a system doesn't work not to use it. I just go around, open my mouth, and warn people about it and let them know that it's not working. But the fact is that Governor Justice, by opening the doors of DHHR, correctly termed the Department Health and Human Resources that he's opening the doors to actually help people basically means if we can get some good people in there then the people here in West Virginia can thrive and not die. I'm just gonna call it what I see it. So please, please apply. Because the thing is is that if you're struggling in another state you're more likely to thrive here than have to just struggle in another state. If you're doing everything right you have the degree, you have the experience, you, you have, you know, you're, you should be making more money, etc. You can do that here in West Virginia. There isn't, like you have, a, like in a, in a city you have the competition. So, you know, you got 10 million people applying for, you know, like you might have 400 people applying for one job at, let's say, as a social service worker. Let's take, say, so 400 plus people applying for the job. Here, you might have to compete with 20 others, but then you have the experience, so you're going to get the job, okay? So please, please sign up and, and understand, because I, I don't think that these, I hate to call them idiots, but they are idiots. The person I'm calling an idiot is a person who denied me four times because they've sent me to the same caseworker four times. They sent my caseworker to the caseworker for the fourth time. I had already given up. I gave her the reins. I said, here, here's the paperwork. Um, he's agreed to deal with you. And then you know what? Never heard from them again. But yet when I call them, they send me to the same freaking caseworker. So the fifth time that I actually contacted them, they still denied me. They have no rights to deny me. The basis that they're going off of was that after I was thrown out of a domestic violence shelter, which was not my fault, and that happens a lot, by the way. So don't think that somebody who goes into a shelter gets to stay there. You could do something dumb like, you know what, just make a face at a person, and the next thing you know, you're homeless. Like, I'm not even joking about that, okay? So, but anyways, that was the point. 
But to interview somebody and insist that that interview should take place on the day that you were kicked out, probably not going to go over well. But the fact that you had waited a month for, for it, and then they're saying that you need to have an address, but you no longer have an address because you've already been kicked out of the, the dom- quote-unquote domestic violence shelter, which I believe was fake because... I was only there for three weeks. I mean, who does that to a person? I had just gotten a job two weeks earlier. I hadn't even gotten a first paycheck yet. (laughs) It's that bad. Okay. So, to judge somebody based on the fact that they were homeless at one time and to deny them food just shows how low character that they are. Now, even when I went to his supervisor, his supervisor had condoned his bad behavior Who does that? You want to know who does that? Corrupt people do that. Corrupt power corrupts absolutely. So I'm hoping and praying that some good people out there can actually go to work at the DHHR, properly termed the Department of Health and Human Resources. Please don't call it by that DHHR. Just corrupt as anything. And take it over and actually put um, some accountability on some of these people and get them canned for um, denying people benefits that need them desperately. I mean, we're talking desperately. Because when I'm being told out on the streets, I'm actually being warned about the Department of Health and Human Resources that is corrupt, okay? And this was years ago. I was told to actually, if I needed benefits, that I would have to go to another county in order to get them. So here in Cable County is especially corrupt. If I'm being told it's easier to go outside of the county and get them with a fake address, which I don't want to do a fake address, right? I didn't want to do a fake address. I wanted the actual address I was living. That some, some the checks and balances of the Department of Health and Human Resources need to be checked. Like, somebody needs to do some investigation on this. Okay, so um, some of the jobs are pretty cool. So, I mean... I'm even looking into trying to get hired, but I don't have the experience to do these types of jobs, right? So the right person, this is going to be great for $2,500 sign-on bonus for CPS worker, CPS worker trainee, social service worker, uh, $5,000 sign-on bonus um, in Berkeley, Jefferson, Morgan counties. For CPS worker trainee, social service worker three youth services. So there's um, an awesome opportunity here at the D, at um, dhhr.jobs at wv.gov for somebody. Come here, move here, buy yourself a huge house. Thank me later. Okay, so now I'm going to go into uh, what happened at my doctor's office since this is my channel, not dhhr or Department of Health and Human resources. I should call them the FDHHR, which stands for the Fake Department of Health and Human Resources. But that's to be determined depending on what happens in the future. Okay. So I went to the doctor's office yesterday. And like I said, it was already predetermined. I think this guy wanted to uh, have me find a different doctor. A little bit shocked about this, but he's just a general doctor, so it's not like a big deal. Um, I noticed that doctors get a little bit sketchy whenever working with diabetics. Like, they really handle this with kid gloves. They don't know what to do with us. Um, they've already made their determination after the first A1C. 
if they can even manage this or not. I don't think they know how to handle diabetics, and they don't. They really don't. We need to be seen by an endocrinologist if we're real diabetics. If you're pre-diabetic, you can handle that. Sort of. And what I, what I mean by that is, is they think they can handle this. They have no clue. I mean, if they don't know anything about the keto diet or, or keeping carbs low, then really, I mean, you're better to be passed on to an endocrinologist. And I think that's what's going on with my doctor. He would much rather manage conditions he does specialize in and know if he specializes in anything. Or maybe he's just general and that's just what he does. I don't know. But it's okay. He's just a doctor. I mean, if he wants to find another doctor, that's fine. I don't think it's anything I've done or anything. I think it's just based off the fact that I, I did, like my first meeting with him, I did mention that um, I'm going to go serious keto. And he just kind of like looked at me with like a question mark, like, what? I don't think he really understood it. He doesn't like to talk about it. And that's okay. He knows that I think differently about the whole food pyramid and stuff. All right. He doesn't have to think like I do. I mean, I I would much rather go to a professional like Dr. Bernstein or there's some amazing doctors out there that know exactly what I'm going through. I would love to have them as my doctor, but they're really expensive too. And I got a really tight budget because I, you know, it's, you may or may not understand. But anyways, I, I've been really skeptical about certain things like uh, the cholesterol lowering drugs and uh, going on this, this one medication that he seems to be suggesting to a lot of patients. And I think he might be using on himself to lower his own blood sugar, but that can either be confirmed or denied. He just said it was a really great product. I was like, how would he know? Unless, unless, of course, he has a lot of diabetics come to his office and he does see results in their A1C. So I, my A1C actually was a tad bit lower. And I was a little bit surprised by that because even though I have fought, and I, I hate saying this, people, but I have had to fight to try to stay keto on my budget. And you know, as much as I would love to eat avocados like five times a day, I would love that. I can't afford it. As much as I would love to use olive oil or coconut oil or eat eggs all the time, I just can't afford it. The economy has made it impossible. I mean, with the price of eggs going up, and maybe they're justified, but still, I just can't afford it. Um, and I love eggs. If I could just eat eggs, like if you gave me one product, I would pick eggs. That's it. But I just can't afford it. I can't afford steak. There's a lot of things I cannot afford. So usually what happens is I have an extra $5 in my account and I have just enough to go to the dollar store and grab whatever diet, anything, or low carb something I can grab. And that's usually what happens um, on this new job that I'm actually working because I just don't have the money. They have not, I mean, when I started out my job, it was part-time and I've been struggling ever since. I have no idea how I'm going to even catch up on my bills. I'm going to lose things. And I can't seem to get any of these um, charities to, to help out. At least, um, I was kind of surprised because Catholic Church, who I have not really an affiliation with, helped me out. When I went to the LDS Church, where I do have an affiliation, not only did they force me to attend church, 
but then they turned their backs on me and told me to go to DHHR. Now, of course, the corrupt system, it doesn't work. So um, either I'm being gang stalked or LDS Church is completely a false organization. Hey, there, I said it. So, um, yeah, having issues with the whole carbs thing. Now, even though my A1C was a tad bit lower, I was a little bit happy about that. Kind of a waste of a A1C test, to be honest. It's showing that I do need to go on a new medication because what I'm actually using now is not working for me right now. Um, or it may be just be keeping, you know, the inevitable at bay. So it might be working, I may just not be seeing that. So the fact that I have to add a medication on top of it is a little bit disheartening. But um, the, the new medication will actually help bring my A1C down which means then I'll be at a normal range, which means when I'm at a normal range, then of course, at least I know that the blood sugars aren't damaging my body. But my liver is out of control, people. And this is what, what happens to diabetics is the liver, which is the reason why I keep calling it a superpower, okay? The liver is gonna constantly pump out all this blood sugar. I mean, I don't need to eat any sugar. My liver is creating it. That's like a superpower within itself. Like, I'm just naturally a sweet person. I'm just naturally kind and sweet person. So, so much so that it's become a superpower. And now it's actually destroying me from the inside out. So, I need something to control my sweetness, my goodness. Because I'm just too sweet. And that's alright. Um, so if I have to take an additional external medication, then that's what I'll do. I wasn't un too unhappy with my numbers. Not only was my my A1C just a tad bit under what it had been, so I didn't give up hope totally. I also lost like four pounds. So, yeah, you can lose weight on metformin. It's not a lot um, on the Oza. I think they call it Ozapam or Ozapac, something like that. You'll drop even more weight. So um, that's kind of cool. I mean, everybody wants to lose weight, right? Except for the underweight. So, I mean, there's, there's nothing wrong there. But it went from, like, the last time he suggested, he said I'd lose, like, 30 pounds to now lose, like, 13 pounds or 14 pounds. I'm kind of looking, I'm like, mm, kind of thinking, I wonder how long it's going to take before. Yeah. So, as far as losing weight goes, um, at my heaviest was about 50 pounds ago. And um, losing weight absolutely can um, help your blood sugar numbers as well. Um, for whatever reason, you lose 5-10% of your body weight and you can go, like if you were pre-diabetic, you can go into normalcy again. But if you have the inclination of pre-diabetes, you might as well just write into your future that you're going to have diabetes and you're going to have to deal with, this, with some of this stuff right and there's going to be jobs you can't do anymore because it's just going to happen you'll you'll find this out on your own um i try to talk about some of it but i mean it's it's kind of hard to talk about until you experience it um those jobs that won't allow you to use a restroom when you need to those are bad jobs okay people you're not going to last too long because 
as a diabetic, as you know, when your system feels like it, it, it's got its sweet on and there's too many sweets in your system, you're going to be peeing like a racehorse. Um, usually that happens to pre-diabetics, but even as a diabetic, you can experience it. And when I first started my new job, just being nervous, you should pee a lot. There's, these are things that you don't necessarily talk about as a diabetic. Um, and there's some things I don't want to talk about at all, but I may talk about in a future episode. So one of the clues in is regardless of however much you're making, food has to be your first source. Okay. So that's the reason why I'm talking about this 24 minutes into my presentation of what I was talking about is food has to be your health goal goal because um, what you put in your body, it certainly matters. Now, you can talk to some doctors like um, like Dr. Eckberg or even Dr. Berg. Um, Dr. Eckberg, I'm going to refer to him right now. He talks about how important it is, for instance, if you're eating beef, to eat the grass-fed beef or to eat grass-fed anything, really. Grass-fed better, uh, drinking the whole milk. It kind of... It, I kind of am on the cringe when he talks about drinking raw milk, though, because he will talk about that as well. So sometimes you have to use your best judgment on it because, sure, he's from Sweden, I think. Um, uh, I think he's from Sweden. And so, yeah, he's like, they're used to drinking raw milk and stuff out there. But there's like, I'm still under the phobia of drinking raw milk. So I can't do that. I have to drink pasteurized. It's just how I grew up, and I'm also scared to death of getting TB or something. So, um, I, I'm sure that in his country, he left the eggs out, too. Like in Europe, they leave eggs out on the counter. They don't necessarily put them in the refrigerator. Here in America, we put them in the refrigerator because we know that they're pasteurized, and if we put them on the counter, that they will spoil. So, but I mean, besides that cringeworthy, there's a lot of good, good advice Dr. Eckberg shares. And so I'm not going to have a beef with him over how he drinks his milk. I'm just not going to do it. Not going to drink raw milk. <laughs> so I will drink the pasteurized stuff. Um, but the other thing is, is, is I actually make shortcuts too. Like for instance, um... I don't know of any farmers around here. I wish I did, because if I did, I'd probably get the the fresh grass-fed beef as well. So I don't know if Walmart is actually uh, selling the grass-fed beef or not. Are they just calling that on the label? Because I mean, we haven't even been able to trust our labels or what we put into our bodies, let alone know if it's actually grass-fed or not. So I don't make that a priority. Basically, I try to, and some people, they're like, well, why do you keep calling it keto? Because it's more of a meat-based diet. They're absolutely right. Um, I eat more like an Atkins than a keto. It, it's, it's mainly because I know keto is good for me, but I have a hard time because I grew up on the food pyramid of accepting the fact that you have to eat that much fat in order to go keto. That's the reason why I do that. And Atkins isn't a bad diet either. So, sure. Should I call it Atkins? Maybe. 
And I say maybe because I don't really know much about Atkins. Just between Atkins and Keto, besides the fact Atkins is mostly meat products, which is what my ideal diet would be as compared to the keto diet, which is mainly fat, which seems really, um, uh, I, I don't know how to put it, weird. I'll, I'll just say that, weird. Because you are literally turning the food pyramid up on side, uh, beside his head. So ideally for me and ideally for most diabetics, we really needed somebody or some people like Dr. Bernstein, who you can find on YouTube. He's like 80 some odd years old. I mean, he's an old guy. I don't even know if he's taking any patients, right? Or Dr. Sarah Hallberg and her, her clinic at Verda. And unfortunately, Dr. the late Dr. Sarah Hallberg was an amazing doctor and unfortunately discovered way too late for me. So um, I, that's why I, I, I don't have much to say, except uh, they do have a clinic in San Francisco that can really help out a lot of diabetics, but doesn't do me much good here in West Virginia. But I would say any clinic that you actually go to that teaches the low-carb diet, I mean extremely low-carb for your, like if they're checking your A1C and they're on board with um, changing your diet and stuff, might actually be ideal. Now, I have the wonderful experience of actually being able to seek out a another dietitian, which I'm thrilled about. Because with that dietitian, what that basically means, and of course, you know, way back in the days I saw a dietitian and they wanted me to go low carb. And so I was actually going through what they had. But now I can actually um, go even more in depth with a low carb and actually talk to them about it. And I'm perfectly prepared for that. I just don't know if they're prepared for me. So um, in my low carb approach, like going low to no carb. Even the medications that I'm on are going to want me to be low carb. I mean, if you can do that without medication, that's great. But some of us need that medication to survive. So um, I wish I was at, at uh, Dennis Pollock's level where he doesn't need medication at all. I'm just, I'm not there, unfortunately. So um, until I'm there, I, I'm still going through the struggle of being a diabetic. But at least I have my A1Cs not going up which I'm actually very proud of. So I have my weight not going up. I have my carbs that um, I watch like a hawk and I know when I'm eating wrong. So I know what I need to eat, but of course access to the foods that I need to eat in order to lower my carbs. That's where the real disservice is. So if I have to choose between where I live and what I eat, just to survive, and that's where the problem is. And I'm telling you, I wouldn't want to wish that on anyone. So that's why I'm saying people, I mean, come on, if you know social workers who want a good life, come up to West Virginia, come to work for this uh, Department of Health and Human Resources. The job opportunities are there, the sign-on bonuses are there. Um, I think you'll have a great life here and I hope that we become friends. <laughs> so make sure you save and like this channel too, okay? So, um, and I'd love to interview you one day as well. So if you've listened to this podcast and you've decided to do that, please let me know. And if you're brave enough to actually do and be on a podcast, I would love to interview you. 
All right, friends. Well, that's about all I have to talk about today. Um, okay, wait. Let's let's go to the news. Let's jump to the news really fast. That's not all I have to say. You know me. I can talk forever. I can be total diary of the mouth. I've had people ask me, don't you have friends? Of course I have friends. I talk to my friends too. Just not as much as I talk to people on the podcast. That's all. We're still friends. Um, but I have I have friends all over the country. So, I mean, I'm from Arizona. That's where most of my friends were at. And, you know, it's just like anywhere. You know, you grow apart from your friends. They move on to different things or go to jail or unfortunately pass on. And, you know, I, okay. So I'm going to tell you something, okay? Something about life in general. I've had a lot of friends. Lots of friends in the past. And this is what happens to friends. Is, is when you get older, you have to get used to people moving on. You have to get used to people passing on you uh, naturally, unnaturally, whatever. You have to get used to people deciding that they don't like you anymore or that they just forgot about you and not take it personally. And so I don't take any of it personally. I just realize that people have their own destinies and their own paths to take. I'm okay with that. I just wish my old friends well, okay? So, um, making new friends is kind of weird now, especially after COVID, especially after, you know, the U.S. government just basically drove a wedge in between people's ideals and their belief systems, and it's just really weird now. So, I mean, and a lot of us are kind of walking around disoriented, you know, we don't necessarily want to date anymore. Or, you know, talk to people who have, may have opposing views on what we think. And as you get older, you get more set in your ways. And you realize what you really want and what you won't tolerate anymore. And uh, I think one of the oldest guys in the world once said, you have to really get used to being alone. So you, you get more discriminating as you get older. Excuse that beeping. I keep getting silly news articles popping up. But... You just become a little bit more mature. You stop putting up with the, the riffraff of society. And you start honing in your skill of being you. There's nothing wrong with that. So, um, with that being said, I can always make new friends. But, you know, I'm going to have friends who have opposing views. And that's okay, too. You can think differently than I do. Just don't force me to do anything that I don't want to do. That's all. Okay, so... Um, in the past, I've talked about Kanye West, and I don't know if I actually talked much about Valencia. Valencia Gaga or something like that, or what is the name of that? Balanchilia? Anyways, it's horrible. So anyways, uh, the news is coming out about their whole child porno crap trafficking stuff that nobody really wants to talk about, but it really needs to be talked about. There are people cutting up their, uh, what is the name of it? Balinsa, okay, I, anyways, you know what I'm talking about. It's the famous designer place. And of course, Kanye West, he's a designer. So he's really becoming popular right now. So I'm gonna, I might stop talking about him after this, maybe not. But he became my favorite person after I found out he was like a serious Christian. And um, that's the reason why he's coming out about this. But he's also coming out as a Jew, as a Christian. That's basically called a Messianic Jew. That's a Jew who believes in Christ. Which, that's super cool. 
like really that's so cool anyways um so i really do like k west also known as his new name which is Yi, um because he's coming out as a new person nothing wrong with that either you can change your name at any time you're changing your new persona you're becoming your own person this is good right and he went through this whole divorce thing with his new ex-wife and stuff and i hope that you know one of these days they can patch things up and because you know, they have kids together and stuff so i really hope that that um they don't break up i mean they broke up officially but i hope that they get back together if that makes any sense and he's really coming out of this great person and exposing things. And that's so hard. Think about it. Put yourself in his shoes for a minute. And think about what he has been through. And he's lost billions of dollars on certain contracts. Especially with, with this Balencia Gaga something or other. And um, the other contracts he had with Nike and other things. Where he's free now. He's just broke. He's had his accounts frozen. He's had money taken away from him. He's had his family taken away from him. He's like literally Job, okay? And now he's exposing the truth because he has nothing left to lose. He's not even worried about his life at this point. Okay, so he's not worried about his life. I'm worried about his life. He has a bunch of people behind him worried about his life. But he's not worried about his life because he knows God has his life, okay? So there you go. He's already won right there. He knows that through God all things are possible. And one thing I want to tell you is from John 3.16. Go ahead, look it up. So I'm really super duper impressed by him. And I'm not too happy with that designing company, which I've never heard of up until, up until Kanye West. I heard about Kanye West first. So as far as this other company goes, I, the only thing I, I know about them is that this extremely evil company that does bad things to kids and needs to be exposed for the child trafficking that they do they don't necessarily i i would not be proud to have a designer handbag from them either i'd be cutting it up just along with everybody else who's cutting up the handbags there or cutting up the clothing and i think that him displaying his or their clothes in like garbage bags and going through the trash and everything was like completely appropriate so, I mean, that's just exposing the trash. But the fact somebody would pay $300 for a shirt. Wow. If, if you know the story behind it, do you really want to spend that much money? Would you even want to spend a dollar on that shirt? I think not. I know I wouldn't. Okay. So, bye, Balencia, whatever you were. Didn't know you from the get-go. Don't know you now. I'm going to stick with Walmart goods and hopefully they're not produced by child slave labor because I will ban that too. Just get rid of it. Um, but I won't spend more than like 10 bucks for a t-shirt. That's just me. But if I found, found out that it was made through child slave labor or something, I would cut it up too. Say, no, child slave labor here. Okay, so yes, I do talk about a lot of topics and stuff. What, what else was in the news? Okay, I may post this tomorrow, but this had something to do with um, Elon Musk. And Elon Musk, I'm, I'm just like, you know, starstruck here. I'm like, oh, Elon Musk is so cool. He does a lot of cool things. He bought Twitter for $44 million or something like that. 
Okay, and then he fired a bunch of people who were actually opposed to free speech. Like, how cool is that? I heard that there's some other scandal stuff going on too, which I may report on later. Or you may actually be able to tell me what's going on in the news too here. But we have some amazing, amazing things actually happening in in this world where corruption is getting exposed. And it's ugly. And it's horrible. And we don't need that in our world. And that's the good thing that's actually coming out. So even though this is a raw process where the, the, the evil and corruption is getting exposed, it, it will hopefully give us a better future and better corrections to things that are just not tolerable anymore. And every child should be protected, including those who, were womb, who God knitted in the womb. So God created each one of those children that were knitted in the womb and they deserve life. I'm, I'm just going to say it. When I was a Democrat, I believed the same thing. I used to hesitantly say, when people used to ask me, what do you think about abortion? When I was a, when I was younger, I'd be like, well, if you want one, go ahead and get one. But as for me, I'm not going to do it. But, you know, I, I'm not going to tell you what to do because I don't, you know, you just go to you. So this is what I, I generally tell people. And the reason being is because I don't want to get in, inside your business or anything. But you know what? Honestly, I have changed over the years, and I now believe that everybody deserves a chance, a chance at life. Good, bad, ugly. I know people out there, I mean, there are um, speakers out there. There's this one speaker, he doesn't have any arms, and he doesn't have any legs, and he's an influencer, and he's a motivator. And he goes around motivating people and people look at him and they're like, wow, how did, how, like, how did you lose your limbs? And uh, he had a funny joke about that because he didn't, doesn't have any arms or legs. Yet he's a motivational speaker. It's like so strange. He said something like his mother didn't know that he didn't have arms and legs. So she didn't even have the, the opportunity to abort him. Okay. Um, I'm glad that she never had that opportunity. She had no clue. She just had... This child that had no arms and legs and probably freaked out and wondered what happened. But she still raised him. She still loved him. He grew up with a smile on his face, I guess. Um, he's a motivational speaker that definitely um, has brought positivity in my life. And I'm really glad that he was brought into this world. Um, he, I think he was raised in Europe or something like that, but I'm like really glad he was brought into this world because he is positive and he speaks in front of audiences. He's got this booming voice and, you know, despite the fact that he, he's disabled, physically disabled, like no limbs. I mean, the guy's a genius. So, um, not me. I'm not the genius. I can't even remember what his name was, but... Um, the fact that he's alive and he's thriving is saying, you know, God doesn't make mistakes. Everybody has a purpose. You have a purpose. I have a purpose. We all have a purpose in life. And we should be excited about that. And that, that brings me tremendous joy. So anyways, Merry Christmas. I can say that on this channel. I can't necessarily say that at work. Um, but Merry Christmas. And happy holidays. And happy Hanukkah. And happy Kwanzaa. I'm so glad I can say that on the station. 
that's free speech people you're not always given free speech but when you are given it i hope that you shout it from your rooftops merry christmas all right with that being said thank you so much for listening to this podcast i only mean the best intentions for you please be kind to each other because you don't know what somebody else is experiencing or what somebody else is going through. Just be kind to each other. Don't try to harass others. They don't necessarily, especially when they don't necessarily deserve it, but you may not know the full story about what they've gone through either. Before you judge somebody, you know, you take those three fingers while you're pointing at them and you you look right back at yourself because you got three fingers pointing back at you, okay? So I'm just going to say that it's not, I'm not a hypocrite by any means. I mean, I definitely test everything. And um, before I slam somebody online or whatnot, I've tested them first. And if they've proven to be a bad apple over and over again, I have to call their fruit what it is. Their fruit's bad fruit. Okay? So there you go, LDS Church. Your representative's bad fruit. Okay, DHHR, as you like to call yourselves, or Department of Human Health and Resources. The only place, or the only person saving you right now is the fact that Governor Justice is actually opening up your doors to hire in new people. Hopefully they hire the right people to help the people. Okay, so, and you cannot offer somebody housing, you cannot offer somebody medication, but not give them the proper foods that they need to thrive. Okay, just pushing it out there, just saying. Um, you need to pay attention to Maslow's Pyramid. Maslow's Pyramid is literally like, if you want something to, to achieve highly, you cannot start off with a bottom tier of uh, basic needs not being met. You cannot do it. So if they're going to climb up that social hierarchy level of... Um, uh, to their ultimate achievement, they have to have those needs met first before they can achieve that. Because it's just not going to be a permanent thing. It'll be like a temporary house of cards if you don't. So yeah, sure, you can reach your high achievement, but if you don't have each one of those needs met in, in Maslow's Pyramid, it's going to collapse like a house of cards. All right. That's all I got to say. Thank you. Please be kind to each other. Um, please leave a comment if you're on Spotify. Say hi. Say hi. I'm there. Um, I've, I've been told that I have uh, that turned on. So um, hopefully I can actually hear from you. And uh, please feel free to actually look at any of my episodes. And if you're new and have listened to this whole podcast, also consider some great YouTube videos by Dennis Pollock, who does some very fun experiments with food and he tests it on his blood sugar and um, meet with some amazing doctors on YouTube like Dr. Eckberg. Like if you want to get a real good scientific lesson on diabetes and get a good start, head start, that's the place to go. You will never stop learning about your disorder, just so you know. You will have, once you're determined that you have diabetes, you will always have it. But there are at least things that you can do to manage it. So, with that being said, be kind to each other. Be kind to me. Be kind to yourself. And certainly be kind to your family and your neighbors. It's worth it.
I hope you experience joy this Christmas season. And this has been Margaret Kuhn Franklin, and you have a great day.